Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Ephesians 2 says, and you he made alive. Anybody been made alive this morning? You were dead in your sins, your trespasses, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and we were children of the wrath. (laughs) We were children of wrath. You were labeled for wrath. You were labeled for judgment. Well, that was exciting. Amen. You need to, rec- hey, if you, can't, if you can't get this, you can't get the goodness of God. Let me just pause. If you can't understand this morning that you were under judgment, under the condemnation of your sin, that you were judged. The Bible says in John 3 that we were all on a road to hell. God, God didn't just choose you to go to hell. You were already on your way to hell. Sin sent you there. That's called sin, S-I-N. It's called disobedience. You were a child of wrath, Paul wrote in Ephesians. I'm not preaching yet, but I'm I'm going to preach. You were a child of wrath, but God, but God. Ephesians 1, or Ephesians 2, verse 1, and you he made alive. When you were under the wrath and the judgment of Almighty God, He came. He rescued you, and He made you alive. Romans says He made you alive and seated you with Christ. You became a joint heir with Christ. You were under wrath. You were a child of destruction, a child of wrath, but now you've become a son or daughter of God and been made a joint heir with Christ. That means every, every, everybody say every. Every blessing made available to Christ is now available to you. It has been accounted to your heavenly bank account. Every blessing, every, every blessing, every spiritual blessing has been made available. Every uh, earthly blessing, everything, every blessing that God would have for you has been made available in Christ to your heavenly bank account. The question for you this morning is, are you living on your own earthly bank account? Are you living on God's? Are you, are you relying in your earthly bank account, your earthly success, your earthly, your earthly provision, your earthly way of doing things? Or are you making withdrawals from your heavenly account this morning? Are you making withdrawals from your account that's been co-signed with Christ in blood? Why don't you think about that for a second? You've been made alive in Christ and have been made an heir with him. But God, verse 4, but God, when you were a child of wrath, I might just start praying. I probably should pause right now before, before I get too lost. I'm going to get lost to just going down there. But God, we're going to say pause and say, but Zach, I'm going to interject here. <laughs> but pastor has to interject something before I get lost. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy. Well, let's just pause. I'll come back to that. You aren't ready for that one yet. We'll give you a minute. We'll give you a minute to get ready for that. 
I came up here with the intention to tell you something totally different, and I started reading a scripture. And that was the end of that. <laughs> Before I get too carried away, you've been made alive in Christ. You know, we, we have a phenomenal church, by the way. Let me just say that. We have a phenomenal church who's, who's learned to what it means and is learning what it means to yield to the flow of the Holy Spirit, to turn. We've, you know, I said this a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's precious, it's rare to find a church that makes, this, makes a turn towards revival in this generation. Most churches do not, uh, you know, they don't want to talk about revival. Revival was something, that's an awakening revival. That's something that was, that happened in the 1700s, that happened in the 90s. You know, it's a fad, it's a season, and let's move on, let's not talk about it. But here, God is stirring a hunger in our church for more, for an awakening, not just for our church, but for our community. And out, out of that, out of that desire, out of that hunger has birthed ministries like Night of Hope. You know, we are able to minister. How many meals have we served, by the way? Like, we're over, almost 30,000 meals have been served in, we're not, we're at two, we're not even at two years, 16 months, 16 months, we've served over 30,000 meals. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. We've served thousands of guests. I mean, I don't even know the number at this point. It's close to 2,500, 3,000, somewhere around in there. Closer to 4,000. Okay, I'm undershooting it. So unheard of uh, ministry taking place through Night of Hope. Through our, you know, we can talk about kids ministry, youth ministry. We can talk about all the different ministries that God has given to our church. How awesome is it that we're able to do that? And we're reaching our community. We're reaching our community, and it's, it's powerful. And how, how do I know that? How do I know that that's happening? How do I know the effects of what's happening in our community by our church? I can give you a great example, and it happened just this weekend. Um, you know, we, many of you know and have probably heard the news and, and have watched, you know, it's been all over the news and everybody's been commenting, saying things, uh, and you've heard the news of the Wallace family and Shirley and Omar uh, stepping into eternity this weekend. I mean, it, you know, we had a powerful opportunity to minister to a family that just stepped into eternity. And we were able to minister to that family. They were a part of our church. And I know that we're impacting our community because as I'm in the middle of all of the things that are happening, I, I know because of the results of Night of Hope and what's happening that they had an encounter. Shirley and her kids had an encounter with Christ here at this church. Um, we were looking through pictures on her Facebook and different things, and there was pictures from her water baptism that happened. Uh, you know, she got water baptized last, last year. Heather got to baptize her. We were going through and seeing all those pictures. What an awesome, awesome testimony of what God is doing through our church. It's powerful. And uh, so tonight, we're at 6 o'clock. We're going to have, if you haven't heard, we're going to have a uh, prayer gathering tonight at 6 o'clock here at the church. It's open to the community. Whoever wants to come is welcome to come. Um, we also have, we're going to be privileged to have one of the counselors from Emerge with us. And he's going to be sharing on how to communicate death with your children. Uh, because, um, you know, the Wallace girls, they were in three different schools, all connected, different levels, 9, 8, and 12. And so uh, he's going to be here 
earlier to share how do you communicate with your children about death. So if you have kids that were affected by this, uh, by being in their Sunday school classes or going to school with them or know people that have been, I would encourage you, get the word out, let them know uh, that that, uh, we have a counselor that's going to be here tonight sharing about that and will make himself available uh, to walk with them through that. Um, so it's going to be a good time, I believe, of uh, us as a church family and our community coming together to pray. Um, Shania, you know, many people are asking, well, what's, what's the story? You know, how, how are things going? And, uh, you know, what's happening? You know, it's, it's a challenging, let me just be honest, it's a challenging situation as a pastor when you get the phone call that says, I think this is someone in your church. Can you, can you help us out with this? And um, to spend, you know, I spent uh, literally all day yesterday at, at different hospitals. Um, we are not at this time releasing hospital information for Shania just because she's a minor. But, um, you know, spending that time with, with a 12-year-old who now has no parents and walking through this process with her. And being there, and she's um, having to go through this whole process, and uh, the doctors are taking great care of her. Everybody wants to know how she's doing. I will tell you that we don't know, uh, to be quite honest. We don't know the, the outcome yet. She was uh, in the house. Um, of course, all of her, her siblings, her parents passed away. And so we, we don't know um, what the outcome is yet. It's still too early to tell. Uh, based on what the doctor told me yesterday, she took a pretty hard hit, her lungs, with smoke inhalation. And so we're, we're not sure. Time will tell. Uh, we're believing for a miracle. We're believing, we're believing for healing. Can you all hear me? Because I, I can't hear myself, so I'm hoping you can hear me. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, um, we're just believing for a miracle in her body that, that everything that the enemy would try to bring against her would be thwarted, that the plan of the enemy would be stopped, and that God's plan will be accomplished. He is absolutely 100% sovereign and ruling and reigning in this situation. And uh, so we're going to believe that and pray for her. I, um, of course, prayed with her, had the opportunity to pray with her. She spent most of the day very heavily sedated, though, because of all that happened. But anyway, uh, so we're praying for her. If you have cards, I know our children's ministry this morning, uh, are all making cards and such for Shania. Um, if you, if you want to send cards or anything like that, you can drop them off at the church office, give them to one of the staff pastors, and I'll get them to her. Uh, but uh, anyway, what, a, what an awesome uh, miracle testimony that young girl is going to have through this, through this experience in her life. And so we want to come around her as a church family. They, you know, Shirley and those girls were members here of our church, and we want to come around them. And we want to support them. She is our family. Okay, she is our family. And so we want to take care of her. There's a, you know, as she goes through this recovery process, there's going to be a long uh, road of uh, recovery and such. Um, and then uh, there, so thanks for reminding me. There is, um, talking with the social worker yesterday, course all of the uh, details surrounding her you know where she's going to go next is you know everything's to be determined at this point you know is she going to who's she going to who's going to raise her is the question you know and all of that still to be determined there um, there are some half um, sibling not or half siblings of Shirley there's other family not much just a couple uh, and they're all very loosely connected 
Um, so there's a lot of um, questions as who's going to raise Shania and where is she going to go from here. Right now, the state has full custody, <clears throat> so the state is making decisions regarding her health care and such um, so that she has a, uh, some sort of you know, parental, if you will, uh, someone making decisions there. But long term, she, she is going to need a family, and um, the social worker did ask me to mention that if there's um, anyone that we know of that's um, considering foster care, to please let them know. So if that's something I'm, you know, again, if that's something that God's placed on your heart, there's a whole process there. I, I'm, as a church, we won't even step into the middle of that. I will just help connect you to the social worker. But uh, if there's an interest there, uh, I can help connect the dots with you and the social worker. Awesome. The Lord reigns. Amen. Psalms 116. I love this verse, and I'm going to go back to Ephesians, and then we'll just see where we go. If you have any other questions, let me say this. If you have any other questions about uh, Shania or um, the family or any, you know, there's a lot. Let me just, <laughs> let me say this. Um, you know, the news, the news media is wonderful and they're very helpful in getting the word out. But don't believe everything you read or see or hear. <laughs> Again, as it goes on social media as well, don't always believe everything you see or hear or think, you know, there's, uh, I spent most of the morning correcting false information. So don't, don't always assume that, that what you he, hear, see, or whatever out there is accurate. But uh, anyway, Psalms 116, one of my favorite scriptures. Psalms 115, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And uh, how precious this, this death, this tragedy, you know, he is in the sight of the Lord. He doesn't miss a thing. He doesn't miss a thing. Every detail, every detail he knows. And he is right there to bring comfort and hope and healing to all of those involved. And, and God is going to use this in a mighty way. And we believe that. Amen. Ephesians 2. But God. <laughs> but God, in spite of being a child of wrath, in spite of your circumstance. Everybody slap your neighbor and say, in spite of you. <laughs> How many of you know that if given to our own devices, we would try our best to stop what God's trying to do in our life? God, I disagree. I don't want that. I don't, nope, let's not go there. Uh, I think you need to do it this way. This would be the better way to do this. But God, but, you know, that we just, but God, but God, in your sin, but God. In your depravity, but God. In your hopelessness, but God. In your sickness, but God. In your issues, but God. Everywhere, that's a, that's a big but. You just insert <laughs> God right into the middle of it. But God, no matter what it is that you're facing or what you're going through, God is more than able, more than capable. You know, sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's difficult when you face, like, you know, this Wallace family situation. When you face things like this, you think, oh, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why this happened. I don't understand uh, where we're going with this. But, God, don't minimize the sovereignty of God by your limited understanding of his purposes. 
Don't minimize the sovereignty of God by your limited understanding of his purposes. God is absolutely 100% in charge, in control, ruling all things by the word of his power. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do to stop it. Amen. You may try to resist, but God. You may try to stop it, but God. You may try to stay as a child of wrath, but God. <laughs> How many of you remember when, when you had that supernatural encounter with the Lord when you got born again? And for some of you, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe, you know, your story is like mine. You grew up in church and, and you heard the, you know, story of Jonah and the well. And you see Jonah and the flannel graph and the teacher's teaching. You see Jonah in the belly of the well. You know, all these great, you know, everybody's like, what's flannel graphs? Pastor, you, we use iPads today. You know, we've got Apple TV. What are you talking about? And all of a sudden, God shows up in your life. You know, and that, and that was a simple decision. You know, it became very easy in that moment. You grew up in a godly environment. But for some of you, it may not be the case. You know, you might have more of the story of, like, my wife, who grew up in a, in a Catholic influence, was a drug dealer, and everything else she talks about herself. I'll let her tell her story, but you've heard it. And, and maybe, maybe your encounter with the Lord is a little bit different. You didn't want God. You weren't looking for God. You weren't even in a godly environment. And all of a sudden, God begins to show up in your life. But God. You know, neither one of those are either greater or less than than the other. Because it's the same power of God that orchestrates the little child growing up in church and his family raising him or her in church. It's the same sovereignty power of God that orchestrates that, that orchestrates the, the, the heathen dog that's out selling drugs. They're both heathen dogs. It, God's just having to orchestrate the, the details and the stories of their life. It's the same power. It's the same sovereignty of God orchestrating all of those details. But God... But God, who is what? Rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. When we deserve judgment, when we deserve the wrath, we were children of wrath. We were under the judgment of God. There was nothing, absolutely nothing, no reason for us to escape the judgment of God. We were condemned and there was no reason for us to be removed from that condemnation. There was no reason. There was no purpose. There was no contract. God had not made a contract with you to remove you from your judgment when you were born. As a matter of fact, you were under sin. You were born into sin. And because of one man's sin, the Bible says Adam's sin. All were born into sin. There was no escaping it. And just because you, you, you know, go through a religious ceremony and have water sprinkled on your head doesn't, doesn't mean that your sin's removed. You can do a bunch of religious things and doesn't mean that you're born again. You can, you can come to an altar and pray a prayer and doesn't mean that you're born again. There's a lot of, I've seen people all the time that they come and do religious things and they don't, they live like the devil when they leave. Yeah. Are you a child of wrath? Every one of us were children of wrath, but God who is rich in mercy, there was no reason, there was no purpose, there was no contract, there was no obligation on God's part to remove us from that wrath except for his mercy. God, in his infinite justice, 
showed infinite mercy and came and said, I choose you. You are mine. I will make you my own. You will be my people. I will be your God. And I will write my law on your heart. Thank God in his mercy that he came. When I didn't want him, he came. When I didn't know about him, he came. When there wasn't anyone to tell me about him, he came. When I was sick, he came. When I was depressed, he came. Do you realize? He just keeps coming. He's just like that wart that won't go away. You just got to you, you use that free stuff. It won't go away. God just keeps coming. He keeps coming back. Why? Because he absolutely loves you infinitely. He loves you so much. Not because of what you deserve, but because of who he is. It's because of who he is. It's not you deserved wrath. You deserved hell. You deserved judgment. Your sin had condemned you. But Christ came as a baby born in a manger. He came as this little humble baby who was absolutely dependent upon his parents to raise him. He was absolutely dependent upon his, his father, God in heaven, to sustain him. He came as this baby born for you and I. He came so that you and I could experience this wonderful mercy of God. That we wouldn't have to live under the infinite wrath of God, but that you and I could live under the infinite mercy of God. When you and I deserved wrath, when you and I deserved judgment, God, who is rich, he is abounding, he is overflowing, he is prospering in. There is not a limit to his supply of mercy towards you. Amen. <laughs> God, who is rich in mercy. You ever had a rich uncle before? A rich family member? Those are always nice, you know. Somebody who's rich who just keep, maybe, maybe you're the rich uncle or aunt or somebody in the room. I'd like to meet you. You can become my family. I'll adopt you. <laughs> but, you know, Heather, Heather has, a, has an uncle that uh, is well off in, in, the oil, in the oil industry in the South. And so every, every summer we go and we have our, our family reunion. And they're not, you wouldn't even know. If you met them, you would have no idea that they were... Uh, well off and they I mean just we have and they pay for it all I mean we just have a great time every summer family reunion at their lake house and uh, just enjoy it so it's a blast you know just getting away on the lake in Texas and having fun family time together and every so often they you know they'll send checks and stuff just for ministry hey you're going overseas doing a ministry here let us help support you things like that it's a blessing when those things happen amen it's a blessing when those things happen and, and we count that. I mean, we look at things like that in our lives and say, wow, that's really awesome. Thank God for those people. But God, who is rich in mercy, he's constantly there. He's constantly writing out the check of his mercy for your life. When you sin, when you sin every moment, you know, it's not, a, it's not a contract or a justification to keep on sinning. But when you have this relationship with God and, and this covenant of grace with him, he steps in and says, my mercy, my grace is enough to cover that moment. My, my grace, my mercy is enough to cover that. I'll, I'll forgive you, but I will change you. I will transform you. The God who is rich in mercy 
will remove you from being a child of wrath, make you a child of his love, a child of his mercy, a child of his grace, and then begin to change you. You know, how many of you have kids this morning? If you have kids, wave at me. You got kids that are still at home or gone or whatever the case is. You know, Zoe's three years old. Bless God, oh my soul. She's three. She's three going on 13, and, you know, she's, she was talking about driving the other day. When I get older, I'm going to help drive. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, no. Baby girl, you got a long time before that happens. You know, she goes on and on, you know. But she's at that age where she's, she's developing her emotional independence from mom, mom and dad, and uh, she's got to do everything by herself. And all of, the, all of the young parents who have just recently gone through this gasp and laugh because they, they know exactly what we're talking about. Um, but she's at that, at that age where she needs, she needs the infinite mercy of mother and the infinite judgment of dad. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been there before? Mom tends to be, always be the nice, the merciful one. But dad, you know, it's going to be okay. It was, now, come here, baby. It's, you can't do that. It's, and then, get it together, Zoe, or you're going to get a whooping. <laughs> what mama tell you to do? Go do it or get a spanking, you know? Those kinds of things. There, therein is displayed just a, just a portion of the infinite mercy and judgment of God. Just a very, very, very tiny. But when we become children of God, when he pulls us out, from, becoming, from being children of wrath, and he makes us his own. He doesn't come at us as a, an abusive father with a big righteous holy stick to beat us up, as some people think. He comes at us as a loving father. We are now under mercy. He sees us as he sees his own son. He looks upon us as he sees his son. Why? Because we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. It has been placed upon us. He sees Christ. He sees the heavenly wedding garments on our lives. You know, just like Joseph, Joseph's daddy gave him the coat of many colors. We've taken on the coat of our heavenly father. We've taken on the garments of our, our daddy God. And then what does he do? He begins to change us and transform us. One of the things that I, I say frequently in our Sunday night teachings with uh, Cleansing Streams right now, what we're on, I'll say it again. If when you're secure in God with your justification, you will cooperate with God in your sanctification. Yes. When you begin to find security in that God declared you justified when you were unrighteous, when you were unholy, when your life was a mess, when, when life was full of sin, God came and declared you forgiven. He declared you clean. He declared you righteous. Doesn't mean that your sin didn't exist. It absolutely existed. When a, when a judge justifies someone, it means they are really guilty. They are guilty, but they are declaring them innocent. And that's what God did. He declared you innocent even though you were 100% guilty. And the punishment for your sin, the punishment for all of your junk was placed on Christ. But God, who is rich in mercy, he now comes and says, you're mine. 
I have bought you. I have paid for you. I have signed the contract legally in the blood of my son. It is a done deal. You are mine. And now I'm going to make you look just like him. He's going to take and, and the areas of our lives that look different from what Christ looks like. <laughs> Got any of those areas? <laughs> you, take, you begin to look at the mirror of Christ. Begin to look in his word. Begin to look at the mirror of Christ. And you're like, yeah, I don't look like that. <laughs> I see Jesus in there. I see a double image. I see Jesus in there. Uh, I also see myself in there. It doesn't look good. All of a sudden, you begin to see those areas. The Holy Spirit begins to illuminate the pride. He begins to illuminate the arrogance. He begins to illuminate the sin. He begins to illuminate all of the issues of your heart. Don't run. Don't resist. Just yield and say, my daddy loves me. My daddy loves me, and he's changing me to look more. I want all the inheritance that I can get. And part of that inheritance is being like Christ. And so if part of the inheritance is to look like Christ, then Lord, change me. You know, our inheritance, when we think about it in the natural sense, we think money, we think, we think tangibles. But our heavenly inheritance is this. It is the redemption of God. It's justification by faith. It's salvation by grace through faith. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's the, the divine healing from heaven. It's the blessing of God, the overflow of God in our life. The inheritance. Jesus didn't need the gold street. He didn't need money. He didn't need, the, he didn't need any earthly possession. That's what he, he wasn't after any of that. The, the inheritance between the Father and the Son. Let me, let me help you with the inheritance of the Father and the Son. The Father in eternity past had this divine, intimate relationship with the Son. The Son always existed. The Father always existed. And this intimacy, this love, this intimate relationship that happened between the Father and the Son was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of love. The, this love, the Holy Spirit manifesting, the manifest love, the tangible love of God was constantly, perpetually, ever flowing, ever manifesting between the two of them. You had this divine, supernatural relationship from eternity past all the way until this moment where Christ says, I become a man. And the relationship dynamics changed a little bit. He came, born as a virgin, born in a manger, stepped into creation. And the dynamics of this relationship changed. Now all of a sudden, instead of this perfect heavenly relationship, this divine union that was happening in heaven, all of a sudden it changes. Jesus is now on earth. He stepped into creation itself. And the Father is looking for an opportunity to display his love for his Son. Oh, the angels weren't good enough. <laughs> the angelic chorus wasn't good enough. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill. Wasn't good enough. Can you imagine being one of the shepherds in the field watching that day? The shepherds 
watching in the fields, watching over the sheep. And all of a sudden, the angels begin to sing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill. The, the, ma- the, 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 the magi, the, the, <laughs> the, the men, the, the, the wise men that came, wasn't good enough. <laughs> wasn't good enough. We, we, would, we would have, any of us, any of us today, born, go down the road to City Hospital and have a baby, would be really thrilled with an angelic chorus breaking out. <laughs> Glory to God on the highest peace. I mean, we're done. Put us under the hospital bed. We're good. <laughs> done. Wasn't good enough. The father was looking for a way to display his infinite love towards his son. The Holy Spirit had to come. Had, there had to be some manifestation again of the Father's love towards His Son. And it happened. Oh, it happened. <laughs> it happened when, when Jesus went out to the Jordan. It happened. It happened when Jesus went out to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. John the Baptist is out there proclaiming and preaching, Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's talking about this man who would come and save the world from their sins and baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It happened when Jesus came out into the water. He said, John, baptize me. And and John's, whoa, (laughs) you need to baptize me. You're, You're Jesus. You need to baptize. And Jesus says, baptize me. And he baptizes him. He immerses him in the water. And he came up out of the water. And the Holy Spirit came. There is the first, this wonderful, this wonderful manifestation of the Father's love towards his Son again. This wonderful person of the Holy Spirit shows up again. The Father's love towards his Son yet again at this, this wonderful baptism and lands in the form of a dove, come as a form of a dove, and lands on Jesus' shoulder. And this voice, the voice of God from heaven, my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased. The father, the father displaying his love towards the son again. The father displaying his love again towards the son and the person of the Holy Spirit and this, the Bible says, he gave the Spirit without measure. The Holy Spirit, again, the Father and the Son, this, this measureless, limitless outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, the Spirit of love. But God, who is rich in mercy, today, This heavenly love, the Holy Spirit, is being poured out today. Jesus, Jesus, what was the inheritance that Jesus was looking for? What was the inheritance of the Father to the Son? It was Himself. It was the Father Himself. It was God Himself. And when Jesus, when Jesus, right before He left this earth, said... Don't leave Jerusalem until you've received what? The promise of the Father. The promise, the inheritance to come. Don't leave. And today, he's saying to you and I the same thing. 
We still need the promise of the Father. We still need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We still need to learn to cooperate and yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Every day of our lives. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. He loved us infinitely. He loved us passionately. He loves us forever. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And it's not anything that you've done to earn it. It is the love of God expressed towards you through the person of Jesus Christ. You and I today, look at Jesus. Look at his ministry. We see in the ministry of Jesus this ongoing, this perpetual divine love expressed towards the Son in the person of the Holy Spirit. And today, you and I can experience this divine love. The Bible says, Romans 5, 5, that the Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our heart the love of God. How great is the love of God. How great is the mercy of God. Yeah, that's what Paul tried to tackle here in this verse. Because of his great love. I can't even begin to imagine. I can't even begin to describe. I can't even begin to put into words for you how great the love of God is towards you and I. This love that would... that would that, 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 that goes across. I wish I wish I could put it to words. I, I'm overcome today by the, the reality of this verse right now. How great, how measureless. If yeah, there was a songwriter that said that if the sky was a scroll, it couldn't even begin to contain how measureless, how measureless, how pure, how great is the love of God. You can't even begin to write on creation itself the depths and the expansion of God's love. It, the, 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 the skies go on. And on and on and on and on. Astronomers try to find the end of the expanse of the skies. And they can't even begin. And his love is even greater than that. How great, how measureless is the love of God towards you. How great, how great is his love. How great is his love. How great is the love of God. Whoo. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, how great. <laughs> how great. That's why that's <laughs> That's why that's why that's yeah, that's why. That's why Paul said, I want you to know the expanse. I want you to know how deep, how wide is the love of God. Launch out. Launch out. Don't resist. Don't yield. You know, when the, you know, people, I don't even know what time it is. People say, I'm lost. People, people say, you know, well, yeah, I don't understand the joy. I don't understand why people laugh. You know, I don't understand the manifestations, why people cry or the fall or, you know, all those different things. And, and let, let me help you. Let me just give you just a tidbit. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where you had a revelation moment, where, where reality sunk in. You know, that reality moment could be when you were a kid and you touched a hot stove. Oh, yeah, mama said don't touch that. <laughs> she was right. 
You know, it could be, it could be a, a reality check moment. You know, sometimes getting in a car accident can be a reality check. Driving down the road, texting, don't do that. You know, you'd be driving down the road or not paying attention, eating your Big Mac or whatever. Please don't eat those Big Macs either. Um, whatever you do, somebody hits you or you hit somebody and reality check. Well, here's, here's the best way that I can explain supernatural joy and the different manifestations that happen. They're absolutely reality checks. It's, it's the result of a reality check. When something is preached, you know, the Word of God, it's, it's the preached Word of God, something explodes on the inside of them. And when that explosion happens, it comes out in joy or it comes out in tears. It comes out and, and manifests itself. You can't contain it. You know, the reality of the depth of what God has done, who He is, what He has said, it goes off like an explosion. Reality happens, and you just can't help but respond to the goodness of God and His Word. And sometimes it's His presence. Sometimes He just comes and He ministers to you in a special way. You know, people falling. Why do people fall? Because they can't stand up. Then the, the presence of God comes, and it, it's impossible to stay standing sometimes. I try. I try really hard sometimes. And then I learned, I don't have to try. Yeah. I don't, it's not my job to see how long I can stand up under the glory. My job is to get under the glory. <laughs> I was made to get under, not resist. <laughs> Dive in. Have a swim this morning. It's the love of God. How great. <laughs> oh, how great. With which he loved us. Even, even. That's a great word, even. Even. You were loved even. It's like, but God, you were loved even. You were loved even though you stunk. Your sin was, the Bible says, it was a stench before him. You stunk, and yet he loved you. Now, I got to tell you something. I don't, do, I don't do well with smells. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, you know, my, my nose picks up on smells really well. And, you know, I, it took me a while. When we would go on the streets and minister in New Orleans, it took me a while to get over the smells. Because you 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 got to love on people who don't smell good. It took me a while. It took me a while to get over the smell of somebody who'd been smoking pot all night. And that, that stench of pot with stale alcohol on their breath. Just It just, you smell it, and it's, a, it's distinct. And you've got to get past it. Because it, it might turn your stomach a little bit. If you're like me, I just I have a thing with smells, and it's very. And so I, I can I can picture God in heaven a little bit on this verse. I can picture God just a little bit on this, smelling the stench of our sin. Yeah. If it smells anything like hell, it smells like burning sulfur. Have you thought about that? That your sin before God smells like burning sulfur. That is like the worst smell ever. That rotten, just spoiled, rancid smell. That's your sin. And yet, He loved you. 
I can't comprehend that love in my natural mind. It is absolutely in, impossible. But it doesn't mean that I don't try. There are things in realities of Scripture and who God is but it, it, that we just cannot fully dive into the depths. But it doesn't mean we don't try. We dive in and we go deeper and say, Lord, can you expose this a little bit more to me? Can you make it a little bit more clearer to me? And you go deeper and deeper in these realities. I can't understand how God would love someone who smells like rotten eggs constantly ever before him. Rancid smell of burnt sulfur always before him. And yet, this infinite love in Christ towards his son, somehow, in this wonderful union, in this wonderful relationship, God says, because I love you so much. And Jesus says, because I love you so much that I get lost in the middle of it. Yeah. I don't understand all the full depths of that. I don't understand the full ramifications of that yet. Someday in eternity, when I stand before God or fall before him, whatever I end up doing, I have no clue. Whatever happens, happens. I'm... I, might just then be able to get just a portion more to understand this a little bit deeper. Yeah. But I believe that for all eternity, all eternity, we will be diving into, discovering, yeah. getting lost in this great love and mercy of God yeah. to understand God, who loved me so greatly because he loved his son so greatly, that he raised us up together, that he raised me up with Christ. Just as he raised Christ from the dead, he's raised me from the dead, and he has sat us together in heavenly places. I can't even begin to fathom that. But how great, how great is the love of God that in the middle of my sin, in the middle of my depravity, in the middle of all my wretchedness, in the middle of a sinful world, God said, I love my son, and the son said, I love my father. And the Holy Spirit, this expression of that love, was poured out pursuing you and I in our sinful state. It's, it's almost like I don't know how other than to describe this. If you're into sci-fi, it's like the father says, I love you, and he, I love you, and the force between them. You know, there's this force, and the force explodes and goes after the, the target, goes after the, the person, of, the object of interest, the force. You know, the force be with you. It's like literally the, the force of God is because <laughs> that goes after you, won't let you go. That's, that's this unmistakable Love of the Father and the Son pursuing you, pursuing me, pursuing me. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Saddest in heavenly places in Christ. By the way, I wasn't planning on preaching today. Uh, my wife had sermon notes.
<laughs> I just started reading, and there, there you have it. The Holy Ghost took over. <laughs> there you have it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercies, your great mercies, your great love with which you've loved us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you. We worship you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How is it with your soul today, friend? How is it between you and the Lord today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. How is it between you and Jesus today? Are you experiencing the great love of God today? Is it, is it personal for you? Is the love and the mercy of God, is it personal for you? Do you have a relationship with Him? Is there, is there a divine divine union between you and God? Is there this heavenly romance happening in your life today? Are you in love with the Father today? Has your heart been inflamed by passion towards God? How is it between you and the Lord today? How is it between you and Him? How is it with your soul today? Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God today? If you're here today and you're away from the Lord, the Bible says that Jesus is the only way. Jesus proclaimed of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts, it says that there's no other name. Peter proclaimed to the multitudes, there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. How is it with your soul today? How is it between you and the Lord today? Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.